Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Alaman. Welcome to Bring It All Back. It seems like we get news about a new reboot or revival every week. And as television and film lovers, we are here to talk about as many of them as we can. What's coming back, what we hope will return, and what should absolutely not return. That is before they bring it all back. I'm so excited you guys are back. Yes, hello. It's long time to talk. Well, not between me and Alan because we still talk, but long time <laughs> to talk to all of you. We uh, we have decided to repilot, if you will, our podcast. Bring it all back. Uh, Alan, how have you been since we last did this podcast, which was, I want to say, two years ago. We started this back in 2017. And for a myriad of reasons, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about why I had to step back. I had some family things I had to sort out. My schedule just got too bonkers. But um, I, I have missed talking to you every other week about the wild world of reboots and reunions. And especially in quarantine, I feel like we have so much to talk about. But tell me how your quarantine has been. Quarantine is very strange. It's weird. It's strange. And all the other words that mean all of the same things. It's just the... It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. But, you know, I've for somehow and who knows how have like felt like found a rhythm. Um, so, you know, just keeping busy, launching things as usual, working, making sure I have time to like rest and relax. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's been quarantines. A lot of video games and watching TV shows and going on walks when no one else goes on walks in the middle of the night, early in the morning, because I don't want to be around people um, who refuse to wear masks. Wear your masks. Wear your mask. That is our, our sign-off. It's going to be for every podcast, no matter what we're talking about. Please wear your masks. I feel like I have gone through waves of, like, everything sucks, and then being like, I'm actually okay right now. Because I think, you know, in the bigger picture, for me personally, I feel like I it could always be worse. That's how I try to view things because otherwise you just spiral into everything that is wrong. And I mean, obviously the state of the world isn't great, but you know, if there's a silver lining, it gives us a chance to, you know, break out the microphones, dust them off and uh, give a, give another chance to talking about reboots, which reboots and reunions. Cause I, you know, I, like I mentioned in this um, quarantine period, it kind of feels like everyone who's, I mean, we're all stuck at home Everyone's just kind of been reuniting and talking about revivals and things like that. So what have you been watching? Or rather, not what have you been watching? Because we don't want to talk about new content that much. The you know the point of our podcast, and I think what we still want to do is talk about the stuff that keeps coming back, if you will. So what have you been re-watching in quarantine? Like comfort shows or maybe just stuff that you have found uh, found that you wanted to re-watch and haven't seen in a while? Hmm. I've been rewatching a lot of like, just like stuff that's not based in reality at all. A lot of sci-fi, a lot of fantasy, a lot of just like stuff that's so far removed from what's happening in the world, just as a little break. So even oddly enough, so like 12 Monkeys, the show that I've been watching, which is also about a virus that kills everyone, but it's a time travel show. It's just like, they go through all these like different time periods and like mess up and then mess up and mess up some more. But um it's just been like fun to like have something that's so far removed from like reality, what feels like reality, because things feel so strange. And so it's nice to find things that are stranger. Um and then I'm also watching like like old school comedies that I like. You know, like even more recent stuff, like I rewatched Happy Endings. Um and then I rewatched Living Single and shows like that. So just like things that make you laugh and then things that are not realistic. I feel like I've talked to people who are of two minds of watching things that are kind of pandemic based, I guess. Um, some people are like, the reason like you said, you know, watching something that feels very kind of far removed from and it's almost... I guess in the beginning, a lot of people were watching this kind of like outbreak type movies. And then I've talked to some other people and I think I'm in this boat where I'm like, I want to be as far away from talking about viruses and like things that will spread across the world and kill us all. <laughs> no, I absolutely get that. I also think the thing for me, it's like we have a better understanding of what is happening. The issue is that we don't have a vaccine. 
And people yeah. are just running around town without masks and doing whatever the hell they want. And so I feel like because, like, they are unknowns or uncontrollable variables, but I can kind of wrap my head around them, I can still separate, like, fiction from reality in that way. And it is kind of like splitting hairs, but it's just enough for me to get lost. Because I think that's what it is. It's not about, like the fact that it's about a pandemic or anything else. It's just like, I can get lost in that world and it feels like real escapism. And that's what it is that I'm looking for in content right now. That makes complete sense. Yeah. I think for me, when I've been picking stuff to rewatch, I find myself feeling comforted by rewatching things I've already seen because I know how it's going to end. And I just, I don't like uncertainty right now. (laughs) So I find myself, yeah, I find myself just rewatching um, a lot of lighthearted stuff. So I rewatched Veep recently. Mm. Um, I rewatched Community, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec. Actually, I watched 30 Rock because my sister had never seen it before. And so uh, we decided to stream it. And yeah, and then we're also kind of doing the same thing with The West Wing. Um, we've both kind of watched episodes here and there, but we've never really sat down and watched it. So we're trying to spread it out over the course of what maybe the rest of the year who knows but the west wing was seven seasons with like 20 plus episodes each so i'm hoping it'll take us to the end of the stay-at-home orders <laughs> breaks are good it's not a bad idea to take a break every now and then i know how hard you all work there was this time that annie came to me with this press clipping Seems these theologians down in South America were all excited because this little girl from Chile had sliced open a tomato and the inside flesh of the tomato had actually formed a perfect rosary. The theologians commented that they thought this was a very impressive girl. Annie commented that she thought it was a very impressive tomato. Don't know what made me think of that. Naval intelligence reports approximately 1,200 Cubans left Havana this morning. Approximately 700 turned back due to severe weather. Some 350 are missing and presumed dead. 137 have been taken into custody in Miami and are seeking asylum. With the clothes on their back, they came through a storm. And the ones that didn't die want a better life than they wanted here. Talk about impressive. My point is this. Break's over. Thank you, Mr. President. One of the things that, uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to try to transition with our podcast to bringing our old feed into a new host server. So hopefully we can re-release the episodes that we had already released in the past because uh, just some back-end stuff that is probably not that interesting to the audience. But uh, we wanted to kind of give a fresh take in this quote-unquote reboot of our own podcast so uh, we have we were doing a segment before in our old podcast called love it or leave it where basically Alvin and I would talk about some of the reboot news we've been hearing or reboot and revival kind of news we've been hearing and talk about whether it's like a yes for us or a no so we're still going to do stuff like that and our main discussion in this podcast episode instead of picking one reboot to focus on we're kind of going to leave it a little more general so this will be a little more freeform uh free-flowing if you will so let's talk about some love it or leave it news alman what kinds of things are you seeing out there in the world that you want to throw out there for a yay or nay so first i want to mention uh clone high so clone high um was a show that was on for one season and it was essentially like historical fig about historical figures who had been cloned and placed back in high school it ran for a season in like what was it 20 it was like 2002 to 2003 on mtv and so mtv studios is has ordered a reboot um same creators bill lawrence phil lord chris miller they're all attached to like reimagine the satire comedy animated show um there's not a network attached and so i bring this up for two reasons one being i think it could be interesting for people to kind of interact with historical figures um in this way now because i think there's a hunger for people that folks may not be as familiar with and i think a show like this is a good vehicle for that kind of introduction 
Um, the other reason being, I know that MTV Studios is doing it, and it's not necessarily attached to MTV, but there are so many shows that MTV could be bringing back, especially one-season shows, and I'm specifically talking about Sweet Vicious, and it truly, when I clicked the link and I saw it before I saw that it was an MTV Studios thing and not like MTV The Network, I was enraged because Sweet Vicious was, I mean, they're impeccable television. And it was on for one season, and then they canceled it. And I was like, y'all are bringing this back? But my first point stands, and I think it could be a good show for that another network could pick up or MTV could, could bring back potentially. But I am never going to pass up an opportunity to say, Sweet Vicious, the world owes you an apology. I have never seen the show that you're talking about because i didn't well i didn't grow up with cable and Mm. my knowledge of television that went beyond like the four channels i had access to but but now that we live in a world where you could stream almost anything i feel like i have a lot of time on my hands right now to watch all of your recommendations (laughs) well yeah so the thing about clone high was like is that they had people like abraham lincoln and cleopatra joan of arc you know jfk and so they were hitting kind of like the big ones and I think putting it in a high school setting, like thinking about high school and like kind of one, the, the traditional sense of like different groups or like the newer sense where we're seeing just kind of like people are living their lives and we are kind of getting both. We had, we've had both types of high school stories out in the world. And I think in either way that it's reimagined, you could fit in some pretty interesting names and people in the mix there. That's not, that that aren't necessarily kind of like those big, huge historical figures that people know about. And so I think that's what interested me about this one. Okay, well, um, MTV is owned by Viacom CBS, I believe. And, you know, they're trying to push Quibi, so maybe things will land on their new streaming service to be rebooted because that seems to be the thing they want to do. Not this, not Quibi. (laughs) That will be for another rant, I'm sure we'll talk about. So Quibi reboots because I, oh, we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, okay. Do you have any others that you want to bring up? Um, and the other one was that NBC is bringing back The Weakest Link. Um, oh. Yes. And so essentially The Weakest Link was on for a long time. I think uh, Anne Robinson, who was the host of The Weakest Link, uh, which is, I mean, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a game show where people's knowledge knowledge is tested. And then at the end of each round, there's a weakest link and they are dismissed. And Anne Robinson was just perfect British shade in her dismissal of people. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. She hosted the show for, I think it was like close to 1700 episodes. Oh my God. Um, and then we got our, we had our own version on NBC and it was canceled um after a season and then it was well put into syndication but that's a whole other thing we don't necessarily we don't necessarily need to go into at the moment but nbc is bringing it back with jane lynch as the host and i have nothing against jane lynch she seems wonderful uh but i don't see her pulling off just like snark in the way that ann robinson did and so for that reason, I just don't, I mean, I have to wait and see it, but I just, I also think that game shows are an area where like, there were so many and our relationship with them, I think has changed. And so like, I do get wanting to, you know, bring people back to the television or, you know, to the computer or to their phone with game shows. And so part of me is like, let's do it. Because I think some of the more current game shows are a bit gimmicky in a way that I don't necessarily enjoy. Um, But I feel like there was a lot of like old school or just like older shows that played with the formats versus like adding a gimmick on top of a thing that you've already seen, Um, which is why I'm kind of interested in The Weakest Link, even if Queen Anne Robinson is not going to be joining us. I think you bring up a good point about Jane Lynch because I have nothing against her either, but she also hosts a lot of these types of programs already, or I feel like I've seen her hosting 
game shows or or something very similar also on NBC both her and Ellen like you see them doing that a lot and I feel like if you were to get Jane Lynch trying to play Anne Robinson you would just get Sue Sylvester and people wouldn't take it seriously so I feel I'm a little bit ambivalent I loved The Weakest Link back in the day I I loved watching it I don't remember specific details really but I'm I am on the fence I probably would give it a pass just because I feel like there was something really like you said iconic about Anne Robinson and I don't know people never really seen that kind of like game show and format and all that stuff back then and yeah, I don't know if it's like an oversaturation of NBC doing game shows in prime time because it feels like they do a lot of them. <laughs> but I will say about Jane Lynch, she does that show like Hollywood Game Night or whatever. And like yeah. that feels like a show that she should be hosting. You know what I mean? Like it is very like these are my friends are playing a game. Like she's very, you know, kind to the contestants who essentially Hollywood Game Night is like, random like regular people are on teams with celebrities and they just kind of like play games and battle one another um and it's fun it is very fun and it feels like her type of show i just feel like the weakest link is like you're serious and you dismiss someone and like your dismissal needs to be funny and i mean we'll just have to wait and see i guess um but yeah, yeah tracy do you have any news items you'd like to bring to the table i do before i bring up uh my one rant it well, I, have to, I guess I have two rants because we talked, we brought up Quibi earlier. And as you're talking about game shows, I was reading about the Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot that apparently Quibi is planning to do. And I'm disappointed because I'm not on board with Quibi. So that's just, that's my only thing. Um, and I would love to see, you know, I've watched uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple like later as an adult, later in life when I was able to find episodes of it online and I've just enjoyed it I watched it at my friend's house growing up and I don't want to have to subscribe to Quibi or download Quibi or whatever people do with Quibi <laughs> well I will say I will say for work um I had to download the free trial and like test it out to kind of okay. write up some of the shows they had at the start well there is some fun content on there there's you know Kiki Palmer and Joel Kim Booster have this show singled out which is a dating show and that's kind of funny um dave vizzoni and matt rogers have game show and it's kind of like a, a live show that i've seen them i've seen them do here in new york um and it's kind of like about like gay culture and like queer culture and it's very funny and the show is funny too and so i think there are some formats that work i just don't know that i'm trying to watch like for example um what is homegirl's name from sophie turner and like liam hemsworth have show like full-on shows on there and i don't necessarily want to be watching a full like half hour show like their version of a half hour show i mean it's obviously a half hour but it's like a full episode of tv serialized mm-hmm. television chopped up into bits and it's just not a thing that i'm personally interested in and so i think the game shows and like the kind of like alternative programming variety shows and those things could work. As someone that grew up watching Legend Legends of the Hidden Temple, uh, I don't see it. Just like from from like a functional standpoint, I'm just I don't see it. But I mean, I mean, I guess they're gonna give it a shot, right? <laughs> There's not really much. Like, I mean, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. <laughs> exactly, with or without yeah. it. But uh, my love it or leave it rant was about Lost. Because Lost is a show that ABC and people associated with Lost have talked about for years bringing back. And it seems like currently there have been more serious conversations about it of like, what does the next generation of Lost looks like? And I am hardcore on the leave it side. As someone who was like a big fan of Lost back when it was on ABC back in the day, um, wasn't always a big fan of Lost because you could tell where the writers kind of went off the path a little bit because they clearly had no idea what they were like what their end goal was um and i have mixed feelings about like how lost ended things like that but i don't think we need that to come back in any form i don't know that's just me <laughs> uh lost so the way that i feel about lost is the way that i feel about a lot of shows that people were really passionate about um, and it's a very specific show, type of show. So, for example, there are shows where you have your main characters and they kind of explore a very interesting world, right? And then you can find stories in that world. The time to find stories in the world of Lost 
was right after or shortly after loss ended. You can't wait for all this time and then kind of do a thing without pushback and then like nailing it in a way that can't be clocked by anyone. So people watch it and are just like down. A perfect example yeah. of this is, and I talk about this with my friends a lot, is Buffy. Buffy the Vampire, Vampire Slayer, sorry. Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended with the world that they lived in changing completely. And there were so many stories. Essentially, like, I mean, if, you, if it's a spoiler alert for people, then I don't know what to tell you. But essentially, all the potential Slayers in the world got powers, right? Got their Slayer mm-hmm. powers. You can tell so many stories in that world that don't necessarily have to do with Buffy, right? But now, this far down the line, people, especially with how many reboots and revivals we're doing with people coming back and all this stuff, people are not going to be down for a Buffy that doesn't have Buffy. But had they done it then and been like, we're going to you know, follow this girl that we meet. We're going to follow one of the potential slayers. We're going to follow Faith. We're going to follow whoever people may have been down for it then because the world is fertile and Lost is a show like that where there was so many twists and turns and while they were focusing on the main characters that there were a lot of time periods there were a lot of places there were a lot of mysteries that they could make shows about but I don't know that people want to watch those shows now I think that's a really good point because you know, by the time Lost ended, one of the biggest draws, because they had, like, there were so many twists and turns, the things that people really latched onto were individual characters. And if you're going to have a spinoff or have some sort of a continuation of it, like, doing it 10 years later, 11 years later, however long, I think Lost went off air in 2010, um, I just don't know what kind of story they would do now. Because if they go and try to do a straight-up reboot, I mean, we've had so many versions of this type of story already and if they're trying to do a revival of some sort of a continuation i think you're right like i don't i can't see a world where they're continuing lost in a way that makes sense for people who were original fans of the show to keep watching because like i wouldn't i wouldn't watch i don't know many of my friends who are big lost fans who would watch lost is a unique situation where like we waited a long time, sure, but there's been a lot of talk, yay or nay, the entire time, even when it ended, because people were, you know, either, not everyone was, like, here for the ending of the show, and so I think ever since then, it's been one where it's like, you guys did it, we don't love how you tried to stick the landing, some people like it, some people don't, but it was a controversial ending for a very popular show, and it's like, do we want to revisit that? No. Do we want to start it over? No. And so I think there's a lot, there's going to be pushback regardless of what they do. I just think at this point, it's like, do it or stop talking about it, which is also how I feel about those Avatar movies. If you are not, and I mean, this is just a little off topic for us, but here's the thing. I want to see the trailer for Avatar 2, and that is the next time that I want to hear about that movie. I don't care about anything else at this point. And I love that movie when it came out. But just, like, leave us alone until you have something. Like, people will speculate, sure. But you don't need to be like, we're in talks every time somebody interviews you because truly you're driving, I mean, me personally crazy. No, I, I agree with you there. It's like the more that you hear people teasing it, you're kind of like, haven't you been teasing it for the last 15 years? Like, what next? <laughs> Please stop. Just show us what you've been working uh, on. Or just say that you're working on it. Yeah. Um, well, I guess this kind of pivots actually pretty well into what we kind of want our main topic of conversation to be this episode. What are the things that we have actually been watching? The things that have happened, the reboots, the reunions, the revivals that have been happening out there. What's been happening that you've been watching? Well, I've been watching a lot of these uh, cast reunions and like table reads and those sorts of things or like you know the casts of past shows have been kind of coming back together and you know they've been coming together and talking and just like reuniting for fans and for themselves have fun while they're stuck at home um and the thing that i've been thinking about a lot is is that the question people should be asking so you you have your show and you're like we might bring it back and then it's like do we need to bring it back or do we just need to get the cast together for a reunion over Zoom? Because I think, if, and I'm not saying that they need to actually do the Zoom reunion, but if the answer to your question is Zoom reunion, then we don't need a full 
episode, season, new show, or whatever of your show. And I think it's an interesting new barometer for what we want more of and what we don't want more of. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've been thinking about a lot. Um, yeah, because I think sometimes it's like we do want to see these people together again. And if you're not going to like go the route of psych and make like a TV movie that's on Peacock right now, um, maybe we don't need a full season. Maybe we don't need like a full new show. Maybe y'all just like get together and film something cute for charity. That's actually been illustrated really well by Parks and Rec and 30 Rock both did a uh, special, like each respectively. They did their own specials that were filmed in quarantine, you know, using FaceTime and Zoom and stuff like that. And I feel like the park, I personally feel like the Parks and Rec one worked i don't think the 30 rock one worked at all so just for like a little bit of background if people aren't familiar um the parks and rec reunion or revival they did like a one-time half hour episode that was all done over video chatting and filmed in their respective homes and that was uh, part of a fundraising effort to raise money for i think world central kitchen so they had people donating um 30 rocks reunion was essentially what NBC was replacing their big upfront presentation with and the entire hour-long 30 Rock special which had kind of a story but it was really one giant long advertising platform for Peacock the new streaming app which I know now we've now mentioned twice on this uh, this podcast we're not sponsored by Peacock uh, but they've they basically built this story around trying to sell this um this new streaming app, and I just kind of feel like it didn't work at all. Not even a little bit. I think I, th- I think 30 Rock was trying to rely on like the meta-ness of it. Um, but even when it was on TV, it was like a half step away from like promo a lot of the time. Like that's the feeling I got during the original run. And they like doubled down on it. For this and i was just like those are choices y'all are making um and y'all are gonna make them over there whereas like the parks and rec thing was just like a nice and i think that's the that's like the best example of this where it's like they did write a new episode they were in character um there was kind of like nice callbacks to the original show but it was an original you know story and i think that worked for them because i think a lot of what that show did was have, a, have like really great relationships within its cast and like they worked well together and like they were funny as hell together and I think that's why doing what they did worked um, but I think for a lot of shows you know like more serious ones dramas you know things that are maybe are are violent in nature there's lots of tv stuff out there guys um just like so much but the point of that is to say like when casts come together you know whether it's like deciding whether to do like a read of an episode to make a new episode to reminisce to have some sort of like monitored discussion moderated discussion those you know choices can work and i think that gives people what they've been looking for and i think sometimes it does merit coming back and finishing the story if you left it off in a way that there's more to tell but what i do really like about all these reunions because not everyone's stuck at home is like is this what we should be doing and i think in the future there is a more like you know high production value version of it but i think the idea is like do we kind of like make this a fun one-time thing or do we need to get everyone together for you know six episodes like or however many episodes veronica mars did or like two seasons like will and grace did or whatever you know like i don't know that that's like the bar everyone needs to set one because not everything warrants being rebooted some things do but i also think a nice reunion can do so much more than a you know a revival that's done just for the sake of having people back together no i think that's fair i mean that's one of the reasons why uh when like entertainment weekly does their big reunion for a certain cast like that gets a lot of attention because people like seeing their favorites come back together and reminisce right because i think there is an interest in that behind the scenes stuff i think you saw it with um I know the cast of Lizzie McGuire recently did like a table read and there was um, a reunion there. The cast of Community, they did a table read and then they also did an episode of Joel McHale and Ken Jeong's podcast where the whole cast just sat around for like an hour and a half and reminisced and talked about 
their time on community and what they've been doing since. So I think like you're, I I would much rather watch those than feel like I need to buy into a full two or three season. I mean, I'm referring to Will and Grace here, but like feel like I need to buy into a full story when I'm not sure it warrants it, like you like you mentioned. Um, but I also wonder when quarantine is over, if it ever ends, because who knows at this point, do you think there will still be an interest in reunions? Because I feel like right now people are watching them because we're all sitting at home. When this is all over, again, we don't really know what that timeline looks like, but like, do you think people are going to be starved for original content because there's just not that much of it? Or do you think we sh- should still be doing these kinds of reunions and little specials and things like that? I think we will see that they work. I don't know what, I mean, in terms of the appetite for new content, like that'll be there. But the thing about it is that that has always been there. And I think this like tapping into your like slate of titles that you own to like bring them back and make more money works because, you know, people like familiar things, but I think what we can do here is find a balance. You know, like, if you have a bunch of reunion specials, if you have a bunch of, like, charity events, you know, highly produced reunions, one-off movies, whatever you do, there's versions to it. My point is that it doesn't all have to be new seasons of television. And I think that will give people those, like, big moments that are the ones, like, tweeting about and talking about and watching with their friends, but also opens up the lanes for more original content, which I think is a thing that people have been hungry for for a while. But, like, every time you find a really bankable, successful reboot or reunion, it's like, let's do a million more. Um, and I think that might... I think that appetite is still going to be there from a money perspective, and I think the change will be that people can see that it can happen in more than one way. The only way to do it and, like, successfully do it isn't, like, a whole new season of a show taking the slot of something new that could be just as exciting for folks, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of one of the big inspirations behind why we even started doing this podcast, because especially in 2017, 2018, when we were really working on this, like, it just felt like every other day there was, oh, we're going to reboot this, we're going to try this out, because they were seeing oh, this one thing was successful. Will and Grace was a big um, part of that. Fuller House, like, oh, people are watching, people are interested. So everyone was trying to reboot stuff. And I think I think I do understand the excitement around it because it is something familiar. You know, people like seeing, again, characters that they maybe were attached to or really loved kind of finish out their old stories that didn't get closure or maybe find new adventures. But... I think especially right now during quarantine and being someone who likes to rewatch a lot of stuff, like I found a lot of comfort in rewatching stuff and not feeling like I need any more. Like the only, the only show I think I've been rewatching where I'm kind of like, well, I want, I want something more is community mainly because I'm waiting for that damn movie that they keep talking about (laughs) that they're going to do. But other than that, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with what I've been rewatching and not feeling like it all needs to be, rebooted now that being said you know have i been enjoying certain reboots of things that have been coming out babysitter's club being one of them absolutely which hopefully we'll get to talk about at a later time because i could talk about that for an hour and a half (laughs) but the other thing now that you mentioned babysitter's club actually is the thing that i'm realizing is that my distinction between kind of revivals and reboots um and i've been thinking about this a lot because like with revivals it's hit or miss for me sometimes like I know that a thing ended maybe abruptly, even like with things that I really, really love, like Happy Endings. I love that show. And if it were to come back, like I would be down to watch. But there is part of me that's like, will they recapture it? You know, like they did have their like reunion um, episode air, like the the thing online. Um, or I don't know if it was, they had, they had their like reunion um, and it was funny. I mean, it was funny. They were all there. But I think you think about like when it's, made and on television and back in front of us like is my you know that show that I love gonna be just as good or is it gonna be is it gonna like tarnish the memory of it or whatever and I think that's valid but I think what I've come to terms with is like there was a lot of really good ideas that became very problematic or even bad tv shows and so like I think about 
you know, I, like the stuff you read about like Cagney and Lacey, right? Like for this is a random example, but I was like reading about kind of like the casting changes and the issues and the things that they were facing and like the people, how people were reacting to the show. And there was a lot of like, obviously it's two white women and there's all this stuff. When you think about like representation, when you think about like who's telling the stories, when you think about like what those storylines look like, because they aren't, the people that are writing those stories are not the characters, are not reflective of the characters that are on the show even, let alone that already having a lack of um, diversity. So all this stuff is to say, like, if you have a good idea, maybe it is interesting in our current lens to tell that story in a different way. Like, if you're going to really make the effort to change it. For example, like recently, when the Wonder Years is being remade of the Black family. Set in the 60s, set in a different city, but told from, told from the perspective of the Black family. And, like, Lee Daniels is involved, and so is Fred Savage, and, like, that's what, that's what they're going to do. And so, like, I don't know, a year ago I might have been like, mm, we don't need any more Wonder Years. But now I'm like if they're going to tell the story right, if they're going to put, you know, the effort to do it well, what we're getting is a story about a black family in the 60s, which we probably have, I mean, not probably, we definitely haven't had enough of those stories about anything that isn't a white, kind of like secular, straight family. Um, and so I think that's where I'm sort of splitting in my, like, waiting to see what that casting looks like, waiting to see what that first episode looks like for a reboot, because I think sometimes you had a good idea, but because of the factors of, like, the reality of the time people were living in or, like, the realities of where entertainment we're seeing now more and more, and we're not seeing, but talking about more and more, the areas that, like, entertainment can do better, I think it is worth taking a look and seeing, like, what about the first time this show was on, like, what was wrong there? Or what was right? You know, it's, I'm not saying everything was bad, but I think it's a, it's a topic of conversation versus the dismissal of it, I think, for me now, because you could do something with the launch pad of a known entity if you're just rebooting it completely versus a revival. Yeah, yeah. and I think One Day at a Time is a good example of mm-hmm. that. You know, it's... One of the things where you looked at what worked and obviously what didn't work and then updated for the current moment that we're in. And I think it's it's not even a, uh, up for debate that the moment we're in right now in 2020 is incredibly different than where we were just even like two years ago when people were rebooting everything, right? And so if you're aware of that and you make an effort for your shows to hire writers that reflect kind of the moment that we're in to tell the stories that need to be told, like that can say a lot about a really successful and powerful form of storytelling, taking original material that might have been very popular in the past and rebooting it without trying to essentially just like copy and paste the the things on the surface that might have worked back whenever the show first aired or movie. Yeah. And so what we're saying here, folks, is if you're going to redo something, actually redo it. I think there's a lot of, like, it worked before. Let's just do it the same way with different faith. And it's like, no. Like, if you're going to make a show about, I don't know, two best friends doing X, Y, and Z from a show that was made in the 80s, maybe don't make the two leads two straight white men again. Because what you're doing is not a reboot. It's just you're making the same show and you're just transporting them in time. It's not interesting. It's not even that, like... The writing could be impeccable and wonderful and amazing, but it's like on paper without all that. It's not interesting. And so it's like, what are y'all doing putting all this effort behind something that even at its basic level doesn't ring as like new, fresh or interesting? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to, you see, you know how long, I mean, there is so much work put into making a television show and to sit there for all that time and make something that from the start was boring doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And so just if you're going to, you know, take things in a new direction, make sure it's actually going in a new direction. That reminds me that I should check up on, I was thinking about the Gossip Girl reunion, or not reunion, the revival or reboot that they were planning to do. And I was wondering, like, do we need a Gossip Girl show right now? And in my head, I decided no, but that could be a topic for another I mean, <laughs> for I, another podcast. I, I truly, I mean, give me some like high grade trash person that I'm always here for it. Like give me the mess. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. And so I think the other thing I would like to say, so this is what we might have to start doing. The rules that we would create, 
the rules of the three R's, which are reunion, reboot, and revival, because they are different things. And mm-hmm. I, they just need people to be clear when they're talking or reporting on what's happening. Is it a reboot? Is it a reunion? Is it a revival? Just let us know and be clear, because then we will want different things from each of those. We might have to start making up some rules. I mean, not a thing for today, but just for a future notice. And so I think to wrap up this part of it, we are, maybe you should do a reunion versus a full-ass revival season of television, which is a lot of work. And if you're going to reboot something, add your own take to it. Did I cover everything? Those are those are the basic rules that I feel I hope I hope that we will see people consider as they move forward. But um, I agree with you that people need to when they're writing about it, reporting on it, talking about it, they need to have their definitions clear. Because I've seen a lot of things called reboots when I'm like, that's not a reboot or whatever. But yeah, we could always talk about that. Listen, you're going to send people down quite the rabbit hole when you say (laughs) it's a revival and then y'all start casting all kinds of new people because then it's like, is it a revival? Where are my faves? What's happening? And then you've started a full on fight on social media before anyone has seen or heard or read an actual real thing about your show. And to me, that just sounds crazy. Right. Yeah, the expectations are so different for all of those things. And people have very strong opinions about things that they love, which they should. We have strong opinions about the things that we love. I will say, and we, I believe we said this in the old episodes we've done, I think I will continue to say it over and over here and moving forward. Um, if they are going to revive anything that I would 100% be on board with, no questions asked, it would be Greek. That's it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my only my only thing that I'll put out there. Is, Greek. Yeah, you could do a reunion. You could do a revival. I don't think I'd want to see a reboot version of it, but I will. I I need more of Greek because I'm still upset. I rewatched Greek recently in quarantine too. I would listen. I'd like a more inclusive version of Greek because they did not have any of the black fraternities and sororities, and like that on a campus with also the white fraternities and sororities. Now that is something. As someone that gone has gone to college with both. I mean, but that's just a sidebar. We don't need to dive into right now. Um, but I mean, the, the the opportunities, the storytelling potential is there, y'all. It's still there. I mean, the show is great. It's still great. But I'm just saying, moving forward, y'all can move forward in any direction, and you have some things that you could do. That's all. I'm I'd say. love for a future episode for us to talk about ways we'd love to see the story go. But this actually transitions pretty well into another segment that we want to do on the podcast, where uh, it's basically a hidden gem. We want to bring up something every single episode that we have loved either watching or that we have been thinking about recently that we would love to see either get a reunion or revival or a reboot. The rules for that are very loose, but is, is there a franchise or a film or, or a project, something out there, Alvin, that you feel like needs to be brought back and not enough people are talking about it? Yes. And so before I go into my pick, I do want to say with this new version of Bring It All Back, we're going to be trying a bunch of, or not a bunch, but a few different kind of like ending segments, Hidden Gems being one of them. Um, so, I mean, if you guys have any ideas, let us know what you want. We're going to play around and see what works. And also, if you love or really don't like a, you know, a segment that we do, let us know because we are going to figure out this new version of the show. And if you're going to listen... You might as well have your say as well. Um, (laughs) On to my hidden gems. So I was talking to, uh, for an article, I was talking to a showrunner, and they were talking about how at the start of their show, they were a lot, the storylines were a lot darker, and then like Trump won, the world changed, and they um, made their show kind of more fun and adventurous than light. And so when I was thinking about uh that and i was thinking about the hidden gem segment i realized what i would want to see more of are shows that can do both dark and light that can adjust as the world adjusts because what we're seeing with like how 2019 went in 2020 things change very quickly and then so i think in terms of entertainment you have this thing where it's like during a dark time you want lighter fare during a, a better time we'll be down with like the thriller paranoia darker you know stuff So 
the two things I thought of were one was touched by an angel and two was warehouse 13. So for touched by an angel, there was that show on CBS, uh, God friended me and that had just gotten canceled. And I was thinking about like this and I was watching warrior nun, which is a show about it. Well, as a warrior nun. Um, and you know, I was thinking about like the conversations we're having on religion. And I was thinking about like lighter and dark shows. And I think touched by an angel is a show if done, you know, with a more, I guess, like modern, for lack of a better word, take, could be that show that like deals, has those conversations about religion that are interesting that people should be having, but also can be about like, you know, them, a, a person finding like their happy ending, or it could be about, you know, a bad person getting what they deserve. You know, there's a lot you can do there. And I think the idea of doing both of those things while wrapping it up in a conversation that feels current, that feels like it could be you know, one that we discuss online and in our homes and with our friends. Um, a show that can do all of those things is a thing that I think we can use more of. And Touch Wine Angel just was one of those shows that I haven't thought about in a while, but I realized that, like, the idea knocks on a bunch of different boxes in terms of, like, what could be interesting in the present, which I think is one of the things people should absolutely be thinking about when they're trying to bring something back. It's like, is there a version of the show that's interesting now? Um, and it has that. And then Warehouse 13 is just a show that I will talk about whenever. It's essentially a sci-fi show about a team of agents who have to like travel the world and find artifacts um, to put in their warehouse, which in, it's called Warehouse 13. That's where they work. And essentially all these artifacts are charged by like really huge moments of emotion. And so a lot of them will be tied to like historical figures and historical events and like just like weird things that have like it's essentially it's a weird kind of mix of comedy drama and sci-fi with a little bit of history you know if you have a historical figure and they were there they had like a really powerful moment in history like there's going to be an object associated with that that is charged by that history and emotion and power and then has a related power that someone in the present is using for good or bad um, because they had that item in their hand and the characters are wacky and like all of it is just kind of like weird and off center. But they also, like I mentioned, did the dark and the light. There were like very sad storylines, but most of the time was a lot of fun. And I think having a little bit of both, having a show that can do both is what I want to see more of. I love that you bought up Touched by an Angel because I actually, and, and we did not talk about this beforehand, but I was thinking about Joan of Arcadia which mm. I feel like kind of falls in a similar um, similar kind of genre or world as the Friended by God um, premise. I mean, I haven't seen, I only saw the first episode of that show, but like from my memory, I feel like Joan of Arcadia has very similar kind of themes. And I was thinking about like, is that a show that could work in 2020? And I think it can with, like you said, the awareness and updated kind of perspective of, what we're living in right now. But um, my hidden gem is a little bit more current, and it was because, okay, I was watching the Josie and the Pussycats movie on HBO Max <laughs> the other day. And did you ever see the, the movie with, like, Rachel Lee Cook and Rosario Dawson? I did. So I loved that movie growing up. And I was watching it. It was, like, super fun. You know, it had its own um, storyline about uh, mass marketing and things like that. But... I was also then thinking about how crappy they wrote those characters in Riverdale because I still watch Riverdale. I'm not quite sure why, but I will watch it until it goes off air. Um, and I was thinking about how how shitty it was that they introduced the Pussycats in season one and then broke them up. And then now Josie is off with Katie Keene in New York. And I don't know what's going on there because I'm not watching that show. Well, Katie Keene but, got canceled. Oh, it did? I didn't realize It did. That. Oh, okay. Well, RIP. I feel like I want to see a Josie and the Pussycats centric. And now that we have this like Riverdale cinematic universe that's happening over on the CW, I want to see a Josie and the Pussycats centric show or project that is just them and that is like completely divorced from whatever craziness is happening in Riverdale. Because I, I loved the comics. I loved the film. And I feel like there's a story you can tell with the three that they had casted and I think that there's there's a way to bring the story forward and make it a little bit lighter and fun and I want to see that show like that's something I feel like I would tune into 
to watch. I mean, whether or not the, I know the CW tends to be moving into like a lot more superhero type stuff these days, but Greg Berlanti basically owns the CW, and I feel like if he wanted, he could do it, and I would watch it. Poor Josie. I know. I just so uh, now that it's canceled, now is she going to come back to Riverdale because? Katie Keith took place like a couple years in the. Well, here's the thing, and I so at work. Oh, I have to mention work a lot. I work Entertainment Weekly. At work, I guess when there was some, there was like some news about a show doing a time jump, and I was like, it's gonna be Riverdale. And then when Riverdale got cut short, how they're gonna do like prom and graduation at the start of next season, they're gonna do a time jump. It was announced they're doing a time jump, and so now they've created a pocket where Josie can come back to town after the time jump from new york and also fill everyone in on what happened to katie and her friends that is my theory well unless she comes back to riverdale and restarts the band and then they break off to their own spinoff like i just know the riverdale writers are going to treat her so dirty <laughs> i mean they're gonna be like you can sing one song girl that's it <laughs> and then they'll put archie in the front of it anyways and then that'll be it you'll never see them again Ugh, i've got so many feelings about that um okay well alvin <laughs> I feel like this has been a lovely uh, reunion of sorts for us on this podcast. And yes, like I said, yes. we're a little bit rusty here. We're going to try to sort it out. And like Alvin said, we want to hear from all of you, too. I, if you want us to talk about something specifically, if you feel like you've got um, some really passionate opinions about things that are being rebooted or things you want to see come back for any any reason, any any uh anything Re- reboot reunion rival all those things uh you could follow us on twitter at b-i-a-b show or you can email us at bring it all back show at gmail.com uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts we'll be on there and of course rate and review us on apple podcasts um like i had mentioned i want to try to re-release at least a couple of the episodes that we had done in our first run of things just so you know you can kind of get a feel for what it is we'll talk about but we do like Alvin said moving forward want to make sure that um we're keeping it keeping it fresh because who knows how long quarantine is going to go on who knows how many more reunions and revivals we're going to keep seeing. oh my god <laughs> it's right. a never ending well of content i mean listen that well about to dry up so we're about to have to revisit a lot there's about to be a lot rewatching going on because <laughs> it's what people are sitting at home um but yeah we are we're back And we are here to talk about it all. And uh, we'll talk to you in the next episode. I'm so excited you guys are back.